Hi, this is Monica Olivas. I love running, eating, and sharing the best tips and strategies to help you run your best life. It's time to get inspired, do the work, and be brave so you can chase down your goals. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. Today, I'm sharing the five things you need to know before buying a treadmill. I'll be talking about why I bought one recently, which is kind of funny and odd. The one that I bought, there are going to be a ton of pictures in the show notes. But before we get into that, I think we have some updates. Let's do that in the warm up. Okay, today's warm up is going to be pretty quick. So I hope you're ready to go and get into the main event, get into the hard stuff in your workout. First, there is a new post on Runny Repeat right now where I am sharing what I'm using for a face mask. If you are somewhere where you need to use a face mask to go outside and take a walk or run, I'm using a net gator and I did a video kind of showing it, explaining it. There are tons of links to ones that you can buy on Amazon if you don't have one yet. So I will put a link in the show notes to that. You can watch that and check it out if you haven't seen it yet. Next, I recently listened to this book before we were strangers and did a quick review of that. I had some thoughts in IG stories where I was getting a little, (laughs) just like a little heated about the book. And I had the biggest revelation, which I cannot believe I'm embarrassed to say because I've been reviewing a lot of books. I even started a series. It's called A Good Listen, where I tell you if something is something good to listen to on books or podcasts. Most of it's on IGTV at Runny Repeat, if you want to check that out. But up until this book, Before We Were Strangers, I realized that I kind of was getting it confused when sometimes I didn't like a story or I didn't like the characters of a story, and it would really put a shadow on my overall thoughts on the book. And that happened with Before We Were Strangers. I was listening to it. It is an easy breezy read. It's like a, I think a young adult kind of genre novel. It's supposed to be a love story because that's what it says under the title. Before We Were Strangers, A Love Story by Renee Carlino. Hmm. I don't know. I was very skeptical about it being a love story. I genuinely feel like maybe I've been to too much therapy, but I prefer to think that the main character of the book hasn't been in enough. And he is a gaslighter, major, major gaslighter. I was not wanting anything to do with it. And it was getting me so upset. I finished the book. I give a full review. Um, It's like a quick video review of it. But it was just such a light bulb situation for me to realize that I really didn't like the main character. So I don't know how much I was a fan of the ending, but... I did want to continue to listen to this book. And there have been a lot of books where, not a lot, but a handful, where I can't make myself finish the book. I just, no, 
I there's a bunch of books I have on Audible that I didn't finish. I wanted to. I still kind of want to, but they're just boring or not well done. The story isn't keeping me keeping my attention. So this is a good book for a multitasking situation where you are running. I mentioned in my review or taking a walk or cleaning the house, whatever you're up to, that you can listen to something at the same time. One of the things that I realized as well recently is sometimes I just have my phone playing something kind of out loud, a podcast or a book with books specifically. And I haven't really thought about this with podcasts. I stay in the story so much better if I have my earbuds in. And I don't know if they're called earbuds because I have a Galaxy phone, so I don't have an Apple phone. And I was calling the other Apple things AirPods, AirPods. I was saying the wrong word. I don't know if it's AirPods, but I was calling it them AirPods. Anyways, the point is, if you have some sort of headphone situation in, when you're listening to a story, a novel, nonfiction, fiction, whatever it is, I think that it's just, there's something about it that I realize I don't have to continuously rewind it because I missed something because I got distracted. So you're welcome if you don't do that yet. And speaking of good listens, I am listening right now to The Breakdown Podcast. It's by the AJC. It's in the, and that's Atlantic Journal Constitution, something like that. Anyways, they refer to it, the AJC. So I felt the need to mention that, like I'm cool. It's in the true crime genre of podcasts, but I can't listen to super violent or just scary type podcasts. So it's not really like that in that they cover violent things, but they're not actually describing those situations in detail. I'm I'm kind of just, if you're not familiar, I'm just describing this podcast. There have been now, I think seven, six or seven seasons of it and breakdown. It's called that because it covers breakdowns in the legal system in Georgia. I listened to season two a long time ago. It was, I think another podcast I listened to referenced it, reviewed it, something. And I listened to it after that. That season two is really hard. It's a really serious topic and it's heartbreaking. They're all heartbreaking, actually. (laughs) Look at me. I I think it's so well done. I think it's very, very interesting. I can listen to the entire season of one in one weekend. I'll save it for a long run. I think I just did this with season five. This last weekend, I listened to all of season five over the weekend. I put it on for my long run. I listened to it a ton the rest of the day. And then the next day on a walk, finished it. I want to talk about Breakdown Season 5. If you have listened to it or are interested in listening to it so that we can have a little chat, I would love that. 
because I have some odd opinions about it, I think. But again, it's in the true crime genre, but it doesn't cover specifically. It's not following. I think there are a lot of true crime genres that follow a specific murderer or a series of crimes. And it's very upsetting. I like things like this a little more. So it's kind of like in the vicinity, but not within arm's distance of that. Anyways, that's a breakdown podcast. And again, I'll put all of this that I am mentioning today on runnyrepeat.com in the show notes so that if you are running or eating or .coming right now, you can check it out later. And now let's get to the main event. I'm going to start off with just giving you the top five things you need to keep in mind when you are shopping for a treadmill. And then I'm going to break each one of these down into more detail. They're a little self-explanatory, but there are specific things to keep in mind with each of these. Number one is price. Two, size. Three is speed and incline. Four, horsepower. And five is display and other features. So we're going to break each one of these down. And as you are listening to this and thinking about getting a treadmill, you want to keep some things in mind. One, why do you want it? How often you'll use it? How many people will be using it? Basically, how hard is it going to be used? What are your fitness goals? What is your budget? How much space do you have? Do you have any must-haves, non-negotiables that are going to eliminate some certain treadmill option? So keep all of that in mind because it is directly applicable to this list. Okay, first on the list is price. And this seems very obvious, but it's really important and actually extremely helpful because there are thousands of treadmill options in the world for you to buy. And it can be very overwhelming. But if you set a specific budget or a budget range, that's going to eliminate a lot of the treadmills that potentially are a lot lower or higher than your budget. And it keeps you focused on the certain price range so that you have less options to choose from, less things to get overwhelmed about, less things to potentially debate, and you can kind of streamline the rest of the process because anything else on this list also has to fit into that pricing budget category. Next is size. And there are two kind of different aspects to think about with size. First is just the treadmill size overall. You want to make sure that you have enough space for it, that you have enough space around it, that you can safely get on and off of it. You can plug it in and you just have that, obviously, the logistics situation for the treadmill in the first place. Specifically to how it applies to your running and enjoyment or walking and actual use is the belt size. And that's the belt that is on the bottom of the treadmill that actually is the running belt or walking belt that goes and moves. The width and length of it is the key for this. And it depends on you, your preference, but also your size and what you're going to use it for when you're thinking about how big 
both length and width that you want your treadmill belt. If you're on the shorter side or you're going to use it mainly for walking, you can get away with a shorter length of treadmill belt. Or if you are taller, I think they said if you're six feet or over or you're running or if you happen to have long legs, you know, you have a longer stride. You want to go on the longer side of that. So something that is in the middle kind of average is about 55 inches long, 50 to 55. And if you are over six feet tall, I think that they recommend that you get a belt that's 60 inches or longer. Ultimately, it's up to you. If you have, this is a little heads up. If you have mostly run on treadmills in a gym, especially like a fancy gym, and you know that they have a fancier treadmill, most of the time, a commercial grade treadmill that you're going to be using at a gym is going to have a lot more horsepower. It's going to be bigger. And so it's going to have a bigger treadmill belt. My mom and my little brother both have been going to the gym recently. And with my new treadmill, They've both used it and immediately after using it were said something about it being small because it's so much smaller than the ones that they've been using at the gym, but it still works. And I'll give you more info on that after I go through the list. Number three is speed and incline. You want to make sure that the speed and incline features are enough for your fitness goals. There are some treadmills that their highest speed you can run a lot faster than that, or you're going to want to go faster than that. If you are doing speed work on it, if you are, you know, training to PR a 5k, you just want to make sure that if you are training with a time goal in mind, and you are going to be using the treadmill for that reason, that it can go fast enough for you. Also the incline, some treadmills don't incline as much as you want. There are some treadmills that actually decline as well so that you can simulate a hilly course going both up and down. That's going to be a higher price point. And there are some treadmills that are on the lower price point end that have to be manually inclined. Or if you want to change the incline, you have to do it manually. I... And this is, I came across this as I was doing research to buy my treadmill. I know that there are manual treadmills in terms of the belt is manual. So it's not motorized. The belt doesn't just turn or run. I keep wanting to say run when I'm referencing the belt moving. The belt isn't running when automatically you don't just turn it on. It's not motorized. These are manual treadmills and you basically are like stepping and pushing back. And that's how the belt moves back. I was, I realized that for some reason, I didn't know that there are also treadmills where you need to get off of it and adjust the incline and it could be on a motorized treadmill, but the incline is still something you need to adjust manually. That's on the cheaper end. And I think it's fairly rare, but I did come across, I mean, enough of them that I noted it when I was shopping around online. So it definitely is a thing. And It's just something to keep in mind. You want to make sure that it is good enough incline, good enough speed for your goals. 
Number four is horsepower. This is really important and something that you want to make sure that you are noting if you are shopping around for treadmills. A lot of times it is abbreviated or referenced as CHP, and that stands for continuous horsepower, because it's not the horsepower potentially of like a car where it's how much it can max out at, but it is this continuous, you're expecting it to be able to work on this continuous level. The higher the horsepower, obviously the price is going to go up because it's a more powerful motor. And how much horsepower you need really depends, again, on your goals and how much you're going to be using it. If you are going to be mainly using it recreationally just to walk, you can get away with something that is a 1.5 horsepower. And I think that's kind of the lowest that it will be if you want to use it for running on a regular basis. Probably 2.0, 2.5 is the lowest that you kind of want to be. And it goes up from there. I think it's usually about four is like a higher end treadmill. There are some that might even go above that. But if you are going to be, if you have a Duggar size family and you're all training for races or all want to run, you might want to look into something that is more commercial grade. But if not, if you're using it for running, I would say two, 2.5, three, potentially. is good enough, which is my motto. And I almost was going to not say it, but I did. And you potentially want higher horsepower if you are bigger. So just like there is kind of this little in parentheses note about being taller for how long the belt is in terms of the horsepower. If you weigh more than 200 pounds, you might want to lean towards the side of higher horsepower that's within your price range for this one. And number five is display and other features. This is kind of a fun one. New treadmills have so many options, so many fun features. There are so many different types of displays. Just the world is your oyster. If you have an unlimited budget, you can really get the most epic treadmill. It will be your friend. It will be your coach. It will be your training partner. It'll be your cheerleader. It'll help you run faster and be happier and solve all your problems and make all your relationships better. I think I read that somewhere in the fine print of the most expensive treadmill. Let's break it down though. So first, the display... Like I said, there are tons of options. Size and style are the first things that you might want to look at. There are LED displays that are huge. There are small ones that just have those, what is it called when it's just like black and white numbers? The opposite of fancy. So if this is a priority for you, if you're going to be using the display and you really enjoy getting, seeing all of the, you know, different features. Some of them have where you can simulate different famous courses of races. I had a treadmill that it was the Boston Marathon treadmill. That's what it was kind of branded as. Who made it? Oh my gosh. I really should have looked this up before 
pressing record, but that's, it is what it is. I had a very, very fancy treadmill that had a lot of different race courses that you could actually run. And it was a treadmill that does incline and decline because the Boston marathon is a hilly course. And you could watch on the display. It actually looked like the Boston marathon course. You could run it and watch it like as if you were on the course and it would incline and decline in the appropriate places too. It was um, amazing, amazing. But I live in Southern California, so I don't really need to run on a treadmill. But how magical is that? So they have treadmills with awesome displays like that, where you can basically, it's like looking out a window if out your window was the Boston Marathon course. Next, now, Extra features are things like workouts. Some treadmills have a bunch of programmed workouts that you can just follow along if that sort of thing is your jam. I, for the most part, always have my own training plan. I I write my own plan or I will kind of just see how I'm feeling on any given day and I just like to run. So I've never really used those, but I know that some people enjoy them, which is why they are a feature. Next, Fitness tracking and apps. Some treadmills are associated with a certain app and or they can actually update your fitness tracker, your whatever app you're using with your workouts, which is pretty cool, right? Right. I hope you all said right. <laughs> Next, um, sometimes they're Wi-Fi compatible so that you can actually hook it up with your Netflix, Hulu, whatever you're watching, YouTube, watch videos, watch IGTV, maybe even, I don't know, reviews that people do on IGTV of books that they like after they were very passionate that they're not a fan of the main character who's a gaslighter. I'm just saying. Or you can watch Vanderpump Rules, which is where I learned the phrase gaslighter. So there's that. Wi-Fi compatible. Look into it. And another feature that a lot of treadmills and other workout equipment have is a fan, a built-in fan. I personally, this wasn't something that I thought was a priority when I was shopping for a treadmill, even though I enjoy a fan. I just don't think that those fans are big enough, strong enough to really do anything. So I had my last treadmill, I'm pretty sure had a fan on it and I didn't feel a difference from when I had the fan on to when I didn't. I really need, if I'm going to be on a treadmill to do it in front of some sort of industrial grade, huge fan. Like right now I am picturing an airplane those like fans under the wings, but I think those actually suck air in and not blow air out. So I need something that size, but I don't want to be sucked in the wing like a bird. No, thanks. Shout out to Sully. So a quick recap, the display and other features, the display size and style. If it has program workouts, fitness tracking, or being hooked up with apps, Wi-Fi compatible, a fan, all of those are kind of bonus features that you can take into consideration after you've narrowed it down. I would say narrow it down to 
your top like three to five that fit all of the other requirements leading up to this one that are within your budget. And then this can kind of be if you're on the fence or have a tie, the deciding factor to kind of weigh out which one is right for you. Now, real quick about my treadmill, and I will put pictures and links in the show notes at runningrepeat.com so you can check it out there. But I got a Proform performance treadmill. It's not very fancy, especially since I have had a super fancy treadmill and I've had meh treadmills in the past. But I mainly got this treadmill because I am something. I am a person with a problem. And that problem is I'm addicted to the run life. And when all of this coronavirus stuff started to come up, I was just randomly watching the news, mostly distracted. I'll put it on to see if there's anything major going on. And I saw what looked like a someone's cell phone video that they were taking. They were, I think, on the first cruise ship that first all those people got sick on. They had taken this lady to an army base somewhere. And so she was showing her quarantine situation. She was in one room just locked in. And she was kind of showing like I'm locked in this room for 14 days. She had a treadmill in the room. That caught my attention. And I was like, shit, wait, am I going to be locked in a room? Is is it's only a matter of time before I'm quarantined? What's going on? I'm not going to run for 14 days. What would I even do? And so I started <laughs> to get a little concerned that I wouldn't be able to run. And I started to look into getting a treadmill. And then I bounced it off a friend. I just kind of mentioned it. And he was like, yeah, you should get a treadmill because he knows <laughs> that I am just a better person when I run. <laughs> and so I ordered a treadmill and this was during the chaos that is the transition from staying at Airbnbs to moving into my parents' back house. So I moved into my parents' back house and I had a treadmill ordered and it was on its way. To be fair, I didn't think, I wasn't sure how long it would take. That was one of the things that I took into consideration. But actually, let me address that because like I just told you, you want to take into consideration when you are buying a treadmill, a lot of things. One, budget. Two, what are your goals? How often are you going to use it? How many people are going to be using it? How much space do you have? All of these things I took into consideration when I was looking for a treadmill. One of the extra things that I thought about though is how quickly will it get here? Because this was at the very, very start of when we were just talking about safer at home and it wasn't, it definitely wasn't spread throughout the US and it wasn't strict at all. There weren't the formal rules that there are currently, but it seemed like shipping things was starting to be a little up in the air. And I took that into consideration because I didn't want it to come two months later after I had already been quarantined. Again, I don't know why I thought I would end up locked in a room 
and that somehow I would be able to get my treadmill in that room. But that's what I truly believed. And I frantically searched for a treadmill. I also took into consideration that I didn't really plan on using this for a huge amount of time. So I definitely wanted one as soon as possible, but I don't expect that I would be using it long term. So my treadmill wish list included that it's cheap, relatively speaking, right? While having the other main requirements that are just being motorized, having 2.0 horsepower and the size things that I was taking into consideration. So budget, I tried to keep it super low because this was just emergency use treadmill. I needed it to be motorized and have an automatic incline. I wanted it to have enough horsepower that I could actually run on it for an hour. A decent length belt, which again, like I said, my mom and brother both mentioned that it is significantly smaller than what they're used to. And my little brother is six feet tall. He might be taller. He might be six two. I say my little brother, right? He's 18. So he's my little brother, but he's so that obviously like if it was just for him, I would have gotten a bigger one. And speaking of that, actually, because he is bigger, some of them have specific weight limits that are smaller. So I did make sure that it had a, at least, I think it was 300 pound weight limit. And that's something that you might want to take into consideration too. I wanted to make sure that it would arrive quickly and that folded up or that I could fold it up if I wanted. I definitely didn't need some of the things I mentioned in number five, that it had programmed workouts. Like I said, I don't use those. I didn't care if it was Wi-Fi enabled. I don't care if it tracks my runs or activity. I didn't need a touchscreen display or anything fancy along those ends. And I didn't need a fan. So I basically chose the treadmill based on those requirements. And if it was a different situation, if I was moving to Alaska or I don't know what else, (laughs) knew that I was going to have to use this treadmill as my main place for running, I would have bought something that was more expensive, had more horsepower potentially, and was bigger so that I would be a little bit more, I don't want to say comfortable because I'm not uncomfortable on this one. I'm very, very happy with this, but I guess Oftentimes, the more horsepower, the bigger belt go hand in hand with it being higher price. So if I thought this was going to be my everyday or rather six days a week running treadmill, I would have got something just a little fancier. But again, I'll put links in the show notes to the treadmill that I got. Like I said, it's the... I said, like I said, and then I immediately forgot what kind of treadmill it is. It's the Proform Performance. Yeah. 400i. It, and like I said, it's not fancy, but it does the job. Like me, right? It works. It's good enough. But you can check it out on runnyrepeat.com in the show notes. And I'll put links to all of the 
videos and different things that I mentioned in the warm up as well. But I think it's time to get to the awards. Today, I am passing on the honor of the awards to you. You can name what is your favorite thing right now, if it is Netflix, if it is a certain snack, if it is your best friend who texts you funny memes, whatever it is, just think right now about your favorite thing, your favorite person, something you're grateful for. Just send good vibes out to the universe because I think we need more of that. It is a lot to be in the situation that we are in right now. And I am personally at a point where I am avoiding the news because just the tone of their voice, like even if it is in the next room over and I can't specifically make out what they're talking about, it just is filling me with anxiety at this point. And I just need some space from it. And I really just want to focus on the good stuff. And I think that we all have good stuff. (laughs) Did you hear that little bark? That was Diego saying, hurry, hurry. See, I'm grateful for Diego. I hope he's grateful for me with his little bark. But I am super grateful for you. And I hope that you are healthy and doing well. Please stay safe out there. Thank you so much for listening. Like I said, all of the show notes and information will be on runnyrepeat.com. Check in on Instagram, screenshot this or take a selfie and let me know what you're doing right now while you're listening. That's at runnyrepeat on Insta. And yeah, until next time, have a great run. 